You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you tired of the I can't mindset? The I'm not good enough mindset? Do you feel like your negative thoughts control your life? Well, you came to the right place. Because in the next 30 minutes, you will learn how to break free from the limiting mindset of anxiety, fear, victimization, depression, trauma, and self-hatred by reprogramming your subconscious mind. It's time to master your mind with Dr. Erica. Hello, hello, good people, and welcome to Master Your Mind with Dr. Erica. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today is a good day. It's always good, no matter what. So let's just stop and take a deep breath. (sighs) Breathing in and out, however you like. Let's just take one more deep breath. That feels so good. I love doing that and, and because we're alive. And so why do I say today is a good day? I say today is a good day. I always say that today is a good day because we're breathing. And if we're breathing, it means that we have another opportunity at this thing called life on this life journey to just appreciate who we are, where we are, no matter what is going on in our lives. And I know that so many uh, of our lives have been changed, have been challenged. We've experienced loss. We've pivoted from, you know, former jobs. And so with everything going on, I think that it's time for us to reconnect. And in doing so, I am starting a support group for women. Um, out there who are ready to share their story, to share their journey, to reconnect, and to be inspired by other women, other women that are diverse, other women that have different ways of thinking, different beliefs, and sharing their own stories, their own inspirations, their own coping and strategies to be healthy. Um, And that's really my goal. My goal is for everyone to learn how to have a healthy mind because mental health i say is human health and we're all human and so um i want you to to go to my website and check out um, my website is healthy minds.expert and and check that out for information about the support group information about the coaching and therapy services that i provide because you know I I truly believe that everyone is so worthy and deserving of living their best life and to being able to um, get the mental health support that they need so you can begin to change the way that you believe, the way that you think and feel and act on a daily basis. And so with that, I... um, I'm going to welcome my new uh, guest today. Her name is Susan Glover. She is an amazing uh, writer, and she's going to talk with us about her new book, A Coffee Tin Full of Ashes, and it is a raw messy memoir of grief in a series of letters to her late husband, Brian. She provides an unfiltered look into the personal experiences, 
thoughts and feelings during the first year after Brian passed away. With emotional honesty, she reviews the 27 years of their marriage, including the last few very difficult years of their time together. And she shows that it's okay not to be okay. She offers hope that the hard edges of grief its depth and intensity will soften. It's a unique read for anyone experiencing loss, for anyone offering support to someone experiencing loss, and for anyone who just wants to have a good cry. And I know I always love a good cry. So I just want to say um, Susan Glover is a writer, a word doodler, and list creator extraordinaire. She is a proud mama of two amazing adults, Aaron and Mary. She currently lives in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada with her dog Waldo. In her spare time, Susan enjoys journaling, walking the dog, and whatever other adventures life throws her way. She is also an active Toastmasters member, a life coach specializing in the area of grief and loss, and a certified executor advisor, plus a member of the Inscribed Christians Writers Fellowship. She can be contacted. I'll have her share that information with you coffee tin full of ashes at gmail.com so i just want to welcome uh you susan to my show and thank you for giving of your time thank you so much for having me dr montgomery i really appreciate being here and thank you for all you do and for partnering with people and sharing such a positive message i loved love 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 the deep breath right at the beginning <laughs> i was definitely taking a deep breath along with you <laughs> thank you for that so- Thank you. Thank you for being here. And just thank you for having the courage to share your story uh, and your message. And so tell us a little bit about this journey that you've uh, that you've written about. Well, it it didn't start out to be a book. It just started out to be um, just just a journal entry. Like like you had mentioned, I had always been a journaler right back to grade school and Right after Brian passed away, I just felt like I needed to write letters to him. And letters to him wasn't unusual for us because of different things we'd gone through in our marriage. In our early courtship, we lived apart. And so we wrote letters back and forth. And so letters was was an okay thing for us. And that's just, I felt that I needed to write letters to him. And for a year, it was just a year. And that was that was all I felt in the beginning. And so that's how it started was letters to Brian. And I did that for a year. And after the year, I kind of thought, hmm, I wonder, I wonder if this could be beneficial to somebody. And I, because what I learned through that year is that grief is messy and hard and it's just awful. I really, this sounds ridiculous, but I thought I was ready. I thought I was ready for for Brian to pass. He was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. We'd had about four, five years, a little bit longer of of knowing that, I mean, we were hoping that we would get through it and everything would be fine. And, And then we got the terminal diagnosis. And so I thought I was ready. We had prepared everything like we had a lot of our ducks in a row. We had everything in place, finances and, and what would happen and, and all of those nitty gritty things. But when it came down to it and, and he, he, he finally passed, I realized that I was not ready at all emotionally 
for what I would go through. And I, it was really, really hard. And anybody who has lost somebody knows how hard it is. And I, I was unprepared for that, but um, what got me through was I had a couple of people that came alongside me that were really, really super people and they just accepted me and what I was going through and they didn't try and rush it. They didn't try and change it. They just supported me. And that made such a huge difference. I had never gone through loss before. I had lost grandparents, but we didn't live close together. So I wasn't really close to them. And, you know, to be honest, they were old. So it, <laughs> it just seemed like a natural thing. But my husband, we weren't in my eyes, we weren't old. And so that was, that was a difference. And it was a shock. And the people that came alongside me really helped me see that even though my world felt completely broken, I wasn't broken. I was okay. I just needed to get through it. And I needed an authentic way to get through the process of grief and mourning. And that was so valuable to me. And it was because of that, that I I think I am where I'm at now. And now what I really want to do is help other people that are going through that and help them see that Yes, you're a mess. And yes, your life is not what you thought it would be, but it's okay. We can get through it together. And it's okay to authentically feel those feelings. I think society tends to tell us what we should and shouldn't feel and for how long we should feel those things. And we can't script it. We can't script our grief. We can't say, I'm going to go from this stage to this stage in this time period that's just not how it works. And we're all going to experience it differently. And we need to feel it. We need to feel those emotions and let them in. And that's how we grow. And that's how we grow through it and accept what has happened. And um, yeah, just to realize that there's nothing going through those emotions isn't a bad thing. It hurts. It hurts so bad, but it's, it's natural to feel those things. And one of the things I hated to hear the most was that, well, of course you loved him. And that's why you feel this way because you had that deep love. And I hated that when I was going through it because it was like so painful, but I've come to realize that, that as human beings, we are going to experience rough emotions sometimes. And we can't experience all the great emotions like intense love and joy and happiness without some of the crappy ones as well. If we open ourselves up and give ourselves permission to love and to cherish somebody, we're going to need to open ourselves up and experience the crappy feelings too, because That's just what happens in life. And you can't deny those things. The other thing that I learned too is a lot of times society gives us rules as to which people we're allowed to grieve deeply for. And, you know, a parent, a spouse, children, people really close to us. 
but there's other people and relationships that it's okay to grieve for those things as well. A friend, a best friend, a not so best friend, for whatever reason, sometimes the loss of that person really impacts you or the loss of a job or a career or um, moving to a different location. There are so many things that we can experience genuine grief and loss for, and it's okay to feel those things and it's normal and natural. And I think society needs to realize that we can't just, oh, think happy thoughts and we'll get through it and it'll be fine. You can't really distract yourself from or avoid those feelings. You got to just wade through it. Yeah. And um, absolutely. Um, I, I think, too, you know, when you were talking about the different losses that we experience, um, pets mm-hmm. are a real significant loss. Yes. Changing, changing schools, changing houses or, or yes. places where you live, um, going through life's changes, you know, yes. where you yeah. move from childhood into adolescence or into adulthood or, you know, into more mature, you know, part of your journey. It's, it's all change and it's, it's essential to experience whatever you experience. Yes. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what helped you release? Because you talk about grief and you talk about anger and you talk about sadness and you talk about all of these emotions and um, tell us what were therapeutic ways that you were able to kind of just release Um, this might sound silly, but one of the things that worked for me was I would set the timer on my phone for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever I felt I needed. And I would set the timer and sometimes literally curl up in a fetal position on the couch and cry. But then when the timer went off, I would be like, okay, I've, I've let those emotions out. Now it's time to, to carry on. And um, not that I could snap my fingers and all of a sudden it was better, but I gave myself permission to feel those emotions. I didn't try to hide them or suppress them or stuff them in a box. I would let myself feel them. And there were a lot of times where those intense emotions don't come at convenient timings. I remember once I was in the, the hardware store, I was shopping for some things and I'd been to the hardware store before with friends, but I hadn't been since Brian had passed away. And I didn't realize that that would be such a trigger for me. And I was literally in the screws and bolts and fasteners aisle trying to pick bolts. I was doing some construction on my deck And I just, I lost it. And I'm in tears in the hardware store. And I had to phone uh, my sister actually. And she talked me off the ledge and we got through it. And there I was standing in the middle of the hardware store, tears just streaming down my face. And um, sometimes that happens. And you you can't, it's hard to schedule (laughs) how you're going to feel and and when you're going to feel those things. 
And I made it through and I lived through it. And I don't think I scarred anybody else in the store. So I think we were okay. Yeah. But, but just to accept that sometimes that happens. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me when I do um, grief and loss work with, with my clients, I, I always say, you know, it's like an ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to go through your life in whatever reminds you of that person. whether it be a place or a song or for you, it was the hardware store. (laughs) That's when the memories are going to come. That's when the emotion's going to come. So, you know, people will say, well, will will I ever, you know, be over it? Will I ever be done with it? No, you won't. No. Because those memories will always be alive. And when they trigger, that's your, to me, that's your green light to just release it. Yeah. Because that was, that was, again, you know, um, we live to leave impressions on people's lives. Yes. So when our physical body is no longer here, we, you know, we we would like to think we left an impression that is not going (laughs) to be gone in six months. It's not going to be gone in a year. It will be with you for the rest of your life while you're still in this physical body. And so, you know, just, just know that when the, the memories pop up, Mm -hmm. just go with it. Just ride it, just ride it out. You know, I think scientists uh, have shown that our emotions are like three minutes and then however prolonged they are, that's us, you know, allowing ourselves to release it. So just go with it. Even if you give yourself three minutes, go with it, feel it. Because whatever we don't feel, we can't heal. So in order to feel it, in order to heal it, you've got to release it. And crying is such a beautiful way to release. I think to me, it's the perfect, it's our body's perfect designing expression. Um, can you share a little bit about those letters? Because those letters must have been something. <laughs> oh my goodness, some of them are something. Yeah, they're they're raw. They're they're because it it wasn't intended to be public at first. So they're they're very they're very personal between Brian and I, and um, they they really touch on all of the emotions that I felt. The deep the deep deep, you know, just not being able to breathe, like that every breath was a struggle to guilt over the happy times, times where I would get together with friends and we would have a good time and how I would feel guilty about that. Feelings of how it wasn't fair that for everybody else, life was carrying on, that the grass was growing and that the sun would rise and the, the moon would come up and all those things would happen, life would carry on. And for me, it just felt like life needed to stand still, just all of those emotions and bits from our past, things that I thought I had reconciled with or dealt with, those things came back and, and talking to Brian about those things. Yeah, it was, it was, it was messy. Yeah. It really was. But. Knowing that it's interesting when we first started, um, we were talking about, you were talking about how you thought you were prepared mm-hmm. that, you know, knowing that he had a terminal condition, you 
got everything in order. You, I'm sure, said what you felt you had to say and you talked through what you felt you had to talk through. But when he actually passed. Yeah. It was so much more. Oh, so much more. It was so much more. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it was, the, the depth of my grief really took me by surprise because I thought, I'd already, I'd already gone through a lot of the grief, some, not a lot, some of the grief process prior to, um, you know, the realization that um, we had hopes and dreams and plans that we wouldn't be able to go through or experience together. Um, So together, we had already grieved um, the loss of a lot of things. There had already been a lot of tears before he actually passed away. Um, So I kind of thought that all the tears were gone. And I realized that, man, there's an endless, endless supply of tears some days. I don't know where they all come from. (laughs) But um, yeah, so if there's anybody that thinks that they're ready for something like that, whether it's a move or, or, you know, a, the loss of a person or whatever, it's still normal to feel those feelings after, after the fact, for sure. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. It's messy. <laughs> it is messy. And, and I think, you know, it's a part of being human. You know, I think that like you were talking about how society wants to, you know, create this narrative about what, how people should grieve or how long you should grieve. And I think that, you know, what I try to help, you know, my clients do when I'm supporting them is to really find the meaning find what, you know, what that person's life meant to them. What Mm -hmm. did they teach you about life? What did they teach you about being, you know, uh, a good person? What did they teach you about creating memories that are going to be lasting? Um, And so it's like so much of, of the grieving is sometimes heavy and, 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 and hard and, and painful but I always try to ask them to really think about well, what was the beauty in, in, in the life together? You know what I mean? What, what Can you talk a little bit about looking back now? What was some of the beauty in the life that you created together? Oh, there was a lot of beauty. And I, even now, so two and a half years later, the grief shifts and it's a lot of, yeah, those good times and the happy things that we did that that's kind of what I grieve now. So it's, it's not, not that it's not the person, but parts of our life together that I still grieve now and accepting that, yeah, it's okay to miss those things. And there are different, different things in my life, but just, having that companion around. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, but there's a lot of, a lot of good times. And I think the hard thing too, really in the first year was remembering the good times and allowing joy to flow. I had a friend of mine that anytime I saw him, he said, I'm praying for you to have joy in your life. And again, that felt so ridiculous that, you know, I'm going through this grief but to let myself experience joy, to have, to think of the good memories 
and let the joy to flow in those memories and not just the sadness, but to remember those memories as good times. And that's tricky sometimes. It's really tricky at times to let that joy into our life. And as hard as it is to experience the grief and the pain, sometimes it's equally hard to accept the joy. And even because of Brian going through the brain cancer, it was hard. That was that last year. And especially the last couple of months, that was awful for him and for us. And to let myself be okay that he was gone and accept that, accept the release and the relief that came with him passing. That was tough as well to accept that and not feel like a bad person, quote unquote, for being okay that he wasn't suffering anymore. So that's tricky too. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of where sometimes the guilt comes from because you have this idea that you have to stay heavy, that you have to stay sad, that you have to stay in grief for however long. Mm-hmm. And that it's wrong for you to experience joy. Like, how dare me laugh again? How dare me find purpose and meaning? How dare, how dare I move on? You yes. know, sometimes that's the hard part is yes. giving yourself permission to be happy again, even when yeah. that loved one is no longer physically there. That's one of the hard things with grief. It's a real rock and a hard place. You feel bad for feeling bad and you feel bad for feeling good. It's like, where am I going to find a balance of emotions here? Like, please throw me a bone. (laughs) It's tough. (laughs) And, And the crazy part about it is we know that when we're born, we're going to die. It's inevitable that we will shed this physical body. Yes. You know, but yet we haven't quite figured out how normal and how healthy it is to grieve. Yes. Yeah. Somehow, you know, and (laughs) and it's everyone's fate. And and I always say people are, you know, get stuck in this mode of trying to control. And I'm like, that's the one thing that no one has control over. No, no one. And so it's just something that we have to, as human beings, allow ourselves the grace to experience And know that we're going to get through this, that, you know, and so that's what I would just want to ask you. What do you think you learned? What were some some golden nuggets that you learned from Brian? Pick your battles. I think even in my married life, looking back, pick my battles. Not that we fought a lot. We didn't. but, But now I'm a lot more easygoing. And pick my battles with myself that there are some things that, yes, I need to work on. And there are some things that, no, I really don't. I can, I can accept those things. And I think that has really been the biggest message for me is to just, um, just take it easy a little bit more. Don't get my, I I don't need to get my shorts in a knot about so many things. Um, Just to show myself and others, Grace, there were times where um, 
people would not know what I was going through. You know, maybe a, a clerk in the store or a stranger on the street, and they would show me just that little act of kindness or grace, and they didn't know what I was going through, but it would mean so much to me. And I think I also learned to, and I'm not not saying I can do this all the time, but as much as as much as I mindfully can, to show that grace and kindness to other people because I don't know what they're going through. I really don't. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, tell my listeners where they can get the book and learn more about you. The book is available on um, Amazon as well as from the publisher at tallpinepress.ca. It's the Canadian company. And I do have Instagram at coffee tin full of ashes. And you can email me at coffee tin full of ashes at gmail.com. Yeah. And um, are you actively coaching people with grief? Because I know a lot of people are going through grief. Are you actively doing that work? I am. I've been kind of slow for a while because I could, I had a hard time putting my, my brain back there and my emotions back there. But um, yeah, there's people that I've started talking to and it's nice. It's nice to really go alongside someone and, and just walk the journey with them. And yeah. Yeah. So feel free to reach out to me. It's all good. Well, thank you so much, Susan. I appreciate you coming here. Like I said, it just takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable and um, share your story and um, sharing these letters um, in in such a therapeutic way for you, Mm -hmm. I think is going to inspire so many who might be dealing with loss and grief. So just thank you. Thank you for having me, Dr. Eric. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Is there anything else that you want to share before we go? We've got one minute. Um, I think the the one quick thing is the grief doesn't have a time limit. Um, I was talking to my dad about grief coaching and he lost his father 60 years ago. And he said, he's talked to me more the last couple months than he's ever, ever talked to anybody. So um, there's no timeline. There really is no timeline. Wow. So at any point in time, you can release it. Yeah. You can let it go. You can heal it. You can feel it. It's all good. Yeah. Love it. Susan Glover. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Master Your Mind with Dr. Erica. We will be back next with another terrific episode that will allow you to master your mind. Please visit hemphappier.com for more information about Dr. Erica and CBD oil. See you next week.